0: You're listening to Long Coat mafia. Hello, everyone, welcome to our brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, once again, the show's main host and frontman, the Reverend Godfather. Trying to figure out how to do these audio episodes because they're so few and far between, but I still enjoy making them when I do have something to talk about. And this being a new year and a new episode, I do have something to talk about because one thing is an update about something that's been going on since about this time last year and something else that has been leaking out that affects certain creators. Now, The whole thing that started about this time last year was the whole Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger or buyout deal. And as with a lot, I know some of you have heard a lot of updates or you heard me talking about it a couple of times over the past year. But uh, time to kind of update some of y'all if you haven't or say if you all been living underneath a rock. Now... Recently, over the past year, again, Microsoft approached Activision Blizzard to purchase the company for about $70, million, $70 billion. And they've been in the whole aspect of going country to country or region to region, trying to uh, get each area's trade commission to approve the deal and sign the papers at closing. closing. Now, they, they've hit a couple of snags throughout the past year, and like in the, the European Commission, they, you know, all this and so forth and so on. And during this whole time, Sony, uh, I might add, uh, yes, do I have a, a PS4? Yes, I do. Do I have an Xbox, One, Xbox Series S? Yes, I do. Uh, and what, where do I normally stand on this? Yes, I am mostly a Xbox fanboy. I freely admit that. But, um, so I try to let everybody, you all know kind of as neutral as I can. Though I'm a little bit more heavy handed towards, or more leaning towards the Xbox side of things. But, uh, Sony over the past year has been like, oh, uh, the whole because uh, Call of Duty is one of the biggest games out there. They're going Microsoft is going to keep this game away from it, it's going to be an exclusive and so forth and so on. How dare they? They're going to keep us from having certain aspects of the game and X, Y, and Z. Meanwhile. They're doing these things themselves. And many commentators have come out and said this. And recently the FTC has, uh, here in the States, our FTC, our our trade commission, has stated that we're going to put a lawsuit because, well, (laughs) uh, we don't like it. Uh, Basically, if you read through between the lines, my guess is, if I put on a tinfoil hat, is that here in the States... Well, Sony got to the Federal Trade Commission first and offered them a bribe, so to speak, if you want to go that route. And now, because of that, or if you want to look at it, yeah, our government is that naive, that stupid. They don't know anything about the gaming culture. So, therefore, they're going to just grind things to a, a, a halt or a combination thereof. Now, if you want to look at it like that, but where i stand on it is is or what xbox has come out is like yeah we want uh we're not going to yet yeah, xbox has stated that they'll release really, because they realize i'm sure they do realize that call of duty is one of the biggest games in the world it, it makes bank it makes billions on a year with its battle pass with um i don't think it really has any loot boxes but with the battle pass uh it makes that much that much money every single year with people buying it so that concern of them keeping it active um, not just on their own platform the xbox but on the playstation on the playstation side of things as well on the pc side with i think it's not just Valve, but the Epic Play Store as well, or to say Steam, um, Steam and um, Epic Play Store, they they want that. Why cut off that revenue would bring in billions on a year each year? So that's not a concern by Microsoft or Xbox. What also has come out is that what Xbox is looking at, or at least Microsoft is looking at, is the mobile gaming market. And Whereas a lot of folks are like, what do you mean by this? Or what, why is Xbox looking like that? Because a lot... Um, Activision Blizzard owns the company that makes Candy Crush, which also in and upon itself makes billions upon billions a year. And where you have... On the whole grand scheme of things, if you look at a lot of companies, uh, the if you take out the PC market of everything, the Xbox is third on the market. The paperwork has been uh, leaked or released. Uh, depending on who you speak to, showing that Xbox is pretty much number three on the console list, and it's a distant third, the top two being Sony and Nintendo. So, and both these companies, both Nintendo and Sony, have mobile markets. Microsoft does not, and if you ask yourself how... Uh, for some of you, again, still living on that rock, how is you know Nintendo part of the mobile market? Well, oh, if you want to look at their history since maybe I want to say 1987, maybe 88, uh, they had the Game Boy as release. It's been either the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, the 3DS, the 2DS, and now the Switch. So they've constantly had a mobile market. Whereas with Sony when they acquired Square Enix they had a open door with the mobile market because I think Square Enix puts out a lot of uh, mobile games concerning the Final Fantasy franchise so you have that and so uh, Xbox doesn't have that so and since X, uh, Microsoft is primarily a software company, are uh, not so much a software, a OS company, an operating system company. Yes, they make a a business suite which has word processing, spreadsheets, and you know, paint and presentation. They don't really make games, so they've been buying companies that know what to do. And they buy technology that allows those companies to operate those or make those games either better or easier. So for Microsoft to buy Activision Blizzard, would, from a business standpoint, makes sense. And they're one of the things that a lot of people have said, well, they're going to put it on Game Pass. Yeah, they're going to put it in Game Pass. And Game Pass, for a lot of folks who have a... A series s or even if they have an old school xbox one or hell if they have a series x itself it the game pass is a great way to try before you buy there have been many a uh, games that have come out over the past i don't know three four even five years that have been have been complete crap from the start since day one. It, over the past year, I if you want to say that, um, or say recent years, because I think it came out uh the end of last year, if not beginning of yeah, it was either end of twenty twenty one or the start of uh start of twenty twenty two it was Halo Infinite. Now, for the most part, some of you might say, yeah, it was a good game, but it was released in stages. It was not a complete on-disc or to-download game. There were aspects of that game that were released and have yet to be released to this day. And they're constantly releasing updates. It was not a finished, according to some, a finished game. So, being a Game Pass member, those folks that were, they saved themselves 60 if not $70 on that game. So, that's a, uh, a great way to save money. And like for myself, it's a great way to try, again, try before I buy. Hey, do I really like this game? Yeah, I'll buy it or I'll wait until it's on sale if I don't really like it that much. I feel that way right now with high on life I enjoyed the game now it I and it's on game pass so what am I going to do I'm gonna wait until it's on sale to buy it on the cheap so it's a great way for me to do that and it's a great way for a lot of other players to do that and again what some people might say is and they point myself including Sony uh point at Sony at what they're currently doing meaning the a lot of fans have pointed at Sony and Sony's like hey or Sony fans have m- may have said hey, 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 hey we've got exclusives you on the P uh, Xbox? don't you we've got exclusives you don't sort of deal like we got exclusives what exclusives don't what exclusives does xbox have and therefore when we say as fans say oh not really we don't have that much Uh, or well we have halo we have maybe this or we have you know x y and z oh it's only one two yet we have we uh here on the playstation side sony side we have like Five, six, eight, ten a year. So, when Microsoft buys these pre-established titles and goes, "Hey, we're going to make one or two of these titles a an exclusive," therefore, that's when Sony starts saying, or oh, that that fan base starts to boo-hoo in regards to the, those particular games." Yet, or when they acquire something, let's take Square Enix for example. Square Enix was a purchase. So was Bungie, a purchase. Both these aspects. Now, granted, Square Enix has worked closely o- over the had a history of working strictly with Sony. But in recent years, they bought Sony has bought Bungie, who makes Destiny. Yes, granted, Microsoft. Did own Bungie for a little while, and after a little while, they went their separate ways, and Sony picked them up. Is Destiny available on all systems? Yes, but it's if you play the game on an Xbox or a PC, you are not playing the full game. A lot of you might say, wait a minute, I could buy the DLC uh, on Steam or Epic Epic Play, Epic Play Store or, or Xbox. How am I not playing the full game? The reason why you're not pay- playing the full game is because certain raids, certain parts, certain maps are not available on those, those platforms. They're not available on Xbox. They're not available on the pc side of things they're only available on the ps4 ps5 on on sony same thing goes for the online game the avengers you want to play spider-man in that game so sorry charlie if you have an xbox or a pc you're not be able to you won't be able to play with spider-man on that game you have to own a ps4 or a ps5 to play that game recently recently is it overall is the same game but you don't have access to the whole game as of right now i could say this for good many years i'm a fan of final fantasy i'm an old school fan of final fantasy i played it everything up up to and including 10-2 did i finish 10-2 uh no i didn't but i had it i played it i played it on the ps2 when it came out good many years ago matter of fact i own the remasters on both my xbox and my ps4 (coughs) excuse me but so that way if i want to play be on my ps4 for a while and not have to deal with my the my Xbox uh, Live friends list. I could hop on my PS4 and have something to play. But the thing is, recently I wanted to play, uh, set not so much 7, but I wanted to play 9, 10, and 10.2 on my Xbox. So I picked up the old school strategy guides to play these games and have a strategy guide with me on Xbox. And recently, while going through some gaming news, I found out that there's going to be a release known as the Digital Remasters put out by Square Enix. And what is these pixel remasters? Well, when I read the article, it's the remasters of Final Fantasy 1 through 6. Now granted, here in the States, we got, if I my memory serves, we got one, we got uh final the first Final Fantasy, the second Final Fantasy. We got final in essence final here in the states Final Fantasy three, but here let me say this, in Japan, it was initially Final Fantasy six when it was released in the states, it was labeled as Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 3 here in the States but after that when it, everything kind of went more towards Sony i.e. Final Fantasy 7 onward was 7 like seven, eight, nine, ten, ten two, 8, uh, 9, 10, 10, 2 11, 12 etc 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 were all direct imports no number changes so in essence there was an initial Final Fantasy 3, 4, and 5 that was released in Japan that we didn't get here in the States until I think they put out a PS1 rem- uh, remaster. Uh, this was like maybe late 90s, early 2000s before uh, the PS1 was kind of discontinued. Now, mind you, I have uh, for my... NES Classic, and my SNES Classic, my NES Classic, and my Super NES Classic, I do have the versions that came on those systems, meaning I have the original Final Fantasy on that Classic, and I have, it came with that, as well as the SNES uh, Classic came with the Final Fantasy version, uh, Final Fantasy 3. But I would love to play it on my Xbox, because that's the system I'm on. But what did Sony do? Because they own Square Enix. They said, okay, we're going to release this pixel remaster. Because a lot of these games, from uh, Final Fantasy 1 through 6, was in essence on the either the NES or Super Nintendo, either in the States or in Japan. We're going to release it. We're going to let Japan have a version of this Pixel Remix, Remaster. We're going to let this Pixel Remaster be on the PlayStation Network. We're going to let this Pixel Remaster be on Steam and the Epic Play Store. But, when it comes to the Xbox Store and the Xbox system, well... For those of you who strictly play on the Xbox, here's a pineapple. Would you mind kindly shoving it up your anal cavity? Because we don't like you. Meanwhile, Sony's stomping their feet and acting like a five-year-old child when it comes to the uh, whole Activision Blizzard deal with Microsoft. So my guess is, for the most part, they fear what Microsoft is... Basically, they, they fear what Microsoft is going to do to Sony players, what Sony players is doing to Xbox Live players. So that being said, because, again, I'm an old-school gamer, I remember the days when the original Xbox came out. And I remember during that time when PlayStation 2 came out. Now, for those of you young heads out there that weren't born yet and listening to this, the few of you that are there and managed to get this far, back in those days in 2003, 2004, when the Xbox and the PlayStation 2 were kind of duking it out and kind of leaving uh, Nintendo to do its thing, you had a game like uh, Tekken. What happened with that is that one system got like Yoda and Darth Vader for their exclusive, and on the other system, I think uh, Xbox got Vader and Yoda, and Sony for the PlayStation 2 got Spawn and another comic book character. I'm not sure who. Um, But during this time as well, Sony you'd have games like modern warfare not uh, not modern warfare uh, you'd have games like uh, uh, the equivalent men of honor like on for Sony ps2 men of honor would be online where on the Xbox there was no online mode so that was a thing between the two systems where one game would have an online mode where the other game didn't So we might have something the equivalent going on now. Do the fans benefit from this? No, they do not. This is just a best way to describe it. Uh, A pissing contest, dick measuring contest, call it what you will. The fans do not win in this at all. And it's disgusting. And if what the FTC and a lot of these other places Should be going is wait a minute during all this. Wait a minute. They should be waking up to Sony going, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. You're you're bitching at Microsoft in regards to not potentially holding these games as exclusives, yet you're doing this yourself. What we're going to do is we're going to let this shit go through. You better start doing this now. You yourselves better start doing this. So you you guys better shut the F up until you st- stop it, until you want us to look into this shit. You better start doing this shit instead of monkey see, you, or I should say monkey see, monkey do. Instead of, or what would be the better thing? Huh? You should, instead of doing as I say, not as I do, you should do it. Everybody should do as you say. If you want them to have everything available to you, you should do the same to to them. But that's not going on here. The fans are losing for that. And speaking about the fans losing and the whole aspect of video games being such a uh, dirtbag or uh, screwing over the fans because like I many people have said from angry joe the whole thing the whole regards to uh loot boxes and game passes and the whole nine yards and companies doing uh the video game companies doing scummy behavior like that dnd and wizards of the coast is now doing it themselves because what like rev uh, how is this possible what, what do you mean by that? Well, Wizards of the Coast has a new person in charge. And that new person in charge is someone who came from the Xbox division from Microsoft. And from what I've been hearing, that this person wants to kind of do a lot or instill a lot of video game practices... In not just Magic the Gathering, but d d as well. We'll get into d d in a moment. But in recent months, it's come to my attention that Magic the Gathering has been screwing over its players royally. I used to play Magic the Gathering like uh, a couple years ago, like five years ago. But the group that I played with kind of bro- went it separate ways. And uh, I rarely play as it is. And there, one of the local sh- geek shops in town tried to start up its own little Magic the Gathering group. And that kind of, because nobody started to, wanted to show up for game nights, that went to shit this this thing this episode is going to get an e rating as it is but still was well curse as it is so but what's been going on with with coast is since 2020 uh when everybody had during the we all know what happened in 2020 there's the pandemic everybody stayed home and stayed in so what did the people do they started getting into things like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, and Magic the Gathering. So what did Magic the Gathering do? It started, instead of releasing sets twice a year, it started from, depending on who you talk to, at least once every other month. And uh, this kind of watered down the, the hobby, not to mention it prevented local gaming shops to keep up with things and it, it hurt from what I heard it hurt a lot of gaming shops because the only company that was able to keep up with everything is was Amazon or maybe Walmart or places like Walmart. But Amazon was the one that pretty much took great strides in this because they were the only ones to fully take advantage of this constant release. Fans didn't like it, gaming shops didn't like it, and again, Wizards of the Coast said, well, you know what, screw you. And they started releasing uh, reprints that kind of devalued older cards, which means uh, I think they released a set that not only could not be used in any way, shape, or form in a deck, these cards, and plus, I think depending on who you talk to, they released them in uh, sets that you could play them in, uh, decks. There was uh, the most infamous card is I think the Black Lotus, and by releasing a higher number of cards, it kind of devalued that one particular original run, which I think that card uh, cost like ten thousand dollars for the card, or at least several thousand dollars for that card today so and a lot of folks like hey a lot of collectors like yo you just made something that that's in my collection if i have it worth let's say five grand now it's worth one grand, one thousand dollars because you devalued that card now everybody has it and thinks that they have this high priced card that's not the case and again wizards of the coast are like yeah neener neener neener. we don't care Neener neener neener. we want our money yet They're doing this because they're also losing their player base. Because fans are, the atypical player, the big time fans are leaving because they're sick of trying to get all these cards and keep up with it. Not to mention the folks that were playing two, now three year, going on three years ago, are not playing themselves. That's the issue. And Wizards of the Coast is being ignorant about this and they're being or they're being blind about it and they don't care. The other aspect is what we touched on here at the show touched on a little bit about March last year. We talked about uh the new aspect of Dungeons and Dragons. And the whole aspect of that is that uh Wizards on the Coast released Something uh, uh, released to the press. Not us. We're not that special. uh, That they released. uh, They're going to be releasing in the next year or two something called One D and D. They claimed, at least, was a close claimed, I should say, that this was not going to be sixth edition. This is going to be maybe more along the lines of edition five point five. And a lot of the die-hard players that are a part of this whole gaming culture is seeing it as... Well, they're seeing it as 6th edition. And when the um, Wizards of the Coast picked up D&D Beyond, they were like, Oh, shit, we're going to see monetization. We're going to see loot boxes. We're going to see battle passes, etc., etc., etc. And it turns out about nine months later, uh, which is come, if not nine months, roughly eight to nine months later, because things were rolling out in November, December of 2022, that, hey, guess what, uh, was was pretty much saying, yeah, uh, guess what, we're gonna do that, we're gonna, we're going to have loot boxes and uh battle passes and you know make things more balanced for the player instead of the dm and they're eyeing up and it looks like from what i've been hearing amongst a lot of dnd youtubers and tiktokers uh and on certain uh fronts they're going after roll 20 as well not to mention today uh today, I won't say today, as of this recording, it was as of January the fifth, twenty twenty-three. Depending on when you listen to this, some things were leaked. Now, this is where I get to say I was wrong about my initial uh, definition of this aspect, but something new form, uh, something new was leaked today. It was leaked on Gizmodo. Uh, I'll be kind of releasing a, well, a kind of a summarized version of what was released. Uh, what was released was a new version of the Open Gaming License. For those of you who don't know what the Open Gaming License is, let me pause so I can bring everything up and ex- hopefully explain things to all of you as simply as I can. Okay, uh, to for those of you... T- I was wrong in regards to uh, the open gaming license when I first mentioned it, and I said, well, it offers, uh, which might give royalty to D&D Beyond, aka, or I should say, Wizard of the Coast. At that point, I was wrong about the open gaming license, yet, in a way, I kind of predicted the future, but... In the original version, or what's currently available, or I should say, the Open Gaming License 1.0, if we should uh, refer to it as thus, I'm going to quote Gizmodo. Uh, the article is, if the, for those of you who want to look it up, it is gizmodo.com. The article is named Dungeons & Dragons. The new license tightens its grip on competition. And... Gizmodo goes into explaining the uh, Open Gaming License as thus. The original OGL, Open Gaming License, is what many contemporary tabletop publishers use to create their products within the boundaries of D&D's reproducible content. Much of the original OGL is dedicated to the system resource document and includes character character species, classes, equipment, and most importantly, general gameplay structures including combat, spells, and creatures. The creation of the OGL version 1.0 which was originally published in 2000 was allowed to host was has allowed a host of outside designers and publishers both amateur and professional to make new products for a game that re- remains entirely owned by Hasbro subsidiary wizards of the coast while this arrangement sometimes created products that directly competed with wizards of the coast publications it also allowed the game to flourish and grow thanks to the resources created by the wider dnd community in 2022 when wizards of the coast announced plans to develop a revised edition of the dungeons and dragons rules codenamed one dnd the company said it would update the ogl as well. The OGL has been tweaked multiple times since two thousand. its 2000s release and Wizards of the Coast has transitioned to other royalty free licenses, but the original OGL 1.0 has essentially remained intact until the company said it would develop OGL version 1.1. Now, from what I've been researching over the past few hours, when I got a chance, the this OGL and what gizmodo has stated and what has been explained to me and this ogl was no more than 900 words long and what kind of to summarize what gizmodo says that any creator uh whether it be critical role or you know uh someone like that or elder brain or someone like, the reason why I bring up Elder Brain, see our uh, uh, unboxing of Crown of the Oath Breaker, many people have made their own modules, their own uh, books, some thicker than others. A lot of folks have put modules, uh, thick modules on Kickstarter and so forth and so on. They're allowed to... Create these modules, their own, uh, in essence, homebrew uh, stuff. It pretty much it's homebrew. That's what Critical Role is. It's a widely popular critical uh, homebrew stuff. They're allowed to create these independent adventures and sell them. Just that the reason why you see D D on it and put put out by D D or a and label on it. It's because they might have made a deal with Wizards of the Coast, whereas another company that puts out D and D content, they can't. They can use a lot of the mechanics and the rules set up by D and D. Think best way to think of it is, uh, I could go out and make my own Monopoly game, but using The Monopoly mechanics of that game. But I can't use Chance or Community Chest or um, anything like that. I can't use uh, the Thimble or I can't call it Monopoly or Hotels. I can't use anything like that. But I can create my own version of Monopoly and get away with it. Under, in essence, what this is. As long as I'm not using anything trademarked. Meaning, I can't say, Oh, yeah, we're D&D official. I could say, under the Gaming License 1.0, I'm using a lot of the game mechanics. If I need to use a uh, a chart in the Player's Handbook, or the DM Manual, uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, I-, I can do that. I could reference that in that. Just that I can't use something that has been trademarked by D, meaning uh, or say wizards of the coast meaning uh let's take something from uh stranger things the mind Flare. i can't and if i create a homebrew whether it be a one-shot or a full-on campaign i can't can't include a mind Flare. I have to make it uh, something completely different. Maybe like a call it a mind puppeteer, or instead of a demigorgon, call it a demon hound, or a demonic flower head hound, or something like that. I could probably use the same stat blocks, but I could call it something completely different and use different artwork for it or to make it look somewhat similar but completely different that's how i get away with this license or that's how this license works you can create the character sheets the everything's compatible with dnd itself now with this or as what because i enjoyed the creator uh, there were on Patreon, I've subscribed to his Patreon the creator is known as DM Dave he summarizes the gaming gaming license as thus, if you aren't familiar, he released something in regards to it, his own statement and what and he summarizes the Gizmo article the best and we'll get into it so we'll read what he says and his team says if you aren't familiar with the Open Gaming License, it, it's the document that third-party creators like myself, the Griffin Saddlebag, etc. used to create third-party content. Without it, we would have gone on to make other content, but it made things easy for us because there were very few barriers to entry. So we got to build content with the brand we love and support them in change. Now, for the first time in 22 years, they're saying it's not valid, despite having very clear clause section 9 saying that what it what they're trying to do, erasing the original. Now, what is what are they talking about? Well, section 9 of the original gaming license, let me pull it up here. Did I save his stuff? Yes, I did. Now, sorry for that cut. Section 9 states that or say Section 9 authorized wizards to publish updated versions of the license, but also grants permission to use any authorized version of this license copy, modify, and distribute any open game control content originally distributed under any version of this license. Now, as from what DM Dave goes on to say, now if I can bring it up. DM Dave goes on to say what, you know, what many many people are thinking. What's so wrong with the new version 1.1, which is the new version? Well, they went from a 900-word document to a 9,000-word document. And the best person, again, DM Dave is the best person to sum up what is problematic in this new version now here are some of the things because he has a, a thing on his patreon saying it's like why not sign the new ogl because wizards of the coast is forming uh forcing a lot of these creators to sign it and they want uh because some of the things they what they want to do is Have every creator sign it and give them financial information. If you make $50 or $500 or $5 million, they want that information. Not to mention, if you do make a lot on Kickstarter, they want 20% of that cut. If you make a lot on a project funded through Indiegogo, they want 25% of that cut. And... According to some people, we'll get to it in uh, uh, this, uh, Wizards of the Coast and the new open gaming license uh, that was leaked, they had reserved the rights. Let me see here. Let me see if, yes, uh, Gizmodo has the better version of or more technical explanation in regards to what is new in the open gaming license 1.1 and i'll read it and we'll go into it and we'll also go into what dm dave has to say about it and it says uh what gizmo says a lot in regards to all the original open gaming license is relatively short document coming in under 900 words which we said the new draft 1.1 which is provided by io9 um by a Wizard of the Coast developer, is over 9,000 words. It addresses new technologies like blockchain and NFTs and takes a strong stance against bigoted content, explicitly stating the company may terminate the agreement if third-party creators publish material that is blatantly racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, bigoted, or otherwise discriminatory. One of the biggest changes to the document that it updates the previously available 1.0 to state it is no longer authorized license and agreement. By ending the original OGL, many licensed publishers will have to completely overhaul their product and distribution in order to comply with updated rules. Large publishers will who will focus almost exclusively on products based on the original OGL, including Peso, Cobalt Press, Greenloom, will be under pressure to update their business model ex- incredibly fast. This is no mistake, according to the document uh, procured by 0-9, and I guess Gizmodo, the new agreement states the open game license will always intended to allow community to help D&D expand. But what many people are afraid of, and I'm going to, yes, I could continue reading it and go into it, this is where DM Dave gets a little bit better, explaining the problematic aspects. And what a lot of people said that it gives Wizards of the Coast not just their authority. If they think anything's problematic in your contact, they don't like it. They'll, they can cite something and say, well, you have 30 days. So we're pulling your your gaming license. We don't like it. it it's problematic. Uh, what some people are saying. Not to mention, they want the cut. Uh, but uh, it says here, uh, here it says, here, this is according to DM Dave. The new... OGL 1.1 is, for lack of a better term, truly awful. Here are some of the highlights. All creators earning under over $50,000 per year have to report earnings. Creators making over $750,000 have to pay a very high percentage of revenue. Not profit, mind you. After $750,000, to put this in perspective, I almost barely reach that number. When you back in Kickstarters, But usually, 90% of what comes in goes to contractors. Cost of goods, sold, taxes, platform fees, legal accounting, etc. And as stated, that's what's in the new uh, uh, 1.1 version. Uh, And it's anywhere from, depending on who you talk to, it's anywhere from 20% to 25% at that number. And it says here, Wizard automatically has claim onto whatever content you create as a sublicense. This means that they could take my contact content, repackage it, share it, do whatever they want, and not owe me a dime and are absolved of all liabilities attached to it. Which means uh, that's one of the things that I think Gizmodo and IO9 might have mentioned in their article, which means if, like, we. I subscribe to um, Dungeon in a Box. They put out a lot of great one-shots. If, with, with this new license, if Wizards of the Coast wants to take all those one-shots, put them in a book, and put the maps online somewhere, they can do that, legitimately and legally, under this new gaming license. If they want to take Season 3 of Dungeon in a Box... Put it in a thick book and another book in that uh, pack. Put all the maps up. They can do that legally and not give Dungeon in a Box a dime. To continue, any content that isn't a PDF or book is not allowed. This could severely harm and even lead to destruction of many third-party VTTs, virtual tabletops, such such as Foundry VTT, Fantasy Ground, Alchemy, Roll 20, etc. It also eliminates board games, video games, miniatures, etc. Which means if you're an independent, if you do minis or 3D printables, you're out. If you do your own, uh, uh, meaning heck, Hero Forge. Uh, Hero Forge, I think they're called. They do, you can do your own custom minis there and do uh, tokens for 3D virtual tabletops. You can't do that now. They're, they're Hero Forge, unless they make a deal with Wizards of the Coast. They can't do their, the figures anymore. They can't do anything anymore for any Roll Twenty or anything like that. Any past version of the OGL is null and void, despite the wording of the original document, which is said it is perpetual. irreparable cannot be replaced by any new version of the OGL the new one straight up says they will no longer honor that agreement meaning if you want to go with the original not the new you can't do that why we at Wizard of the Coast said so DMD go um goes to on to say any pat? Uh, okay, we read that one. They're giving people until January thirteenth to sign. This might change since they haven't released any an official agreement. It was supposed to come out yesterday, meaning the fourth. But originally, they hoped to put it out this week and give everybody a total of nine days or seven business days to agree or suffer suffer quote unquote suffer our legal wrath. Next point. This is for every edition. This does not just affect one D&D. This affects 3.0, 3.5, its derivatives, including Pathfinder, as well as 5th edition. And DMD Dave says, I have built my business on such elements that that it would be one thing, but I intentionally did not buy my platform, build my platform, sorry, DM Dave, using DMs Guild, etc., because frankly, I'm better marketer than that. I didn't feel like giving 50% of my hard work to Wizards of the Coast or any company, so they could own it outright, as they would have with, so they would have with DM Guild. Once something is on DMG, you can't share it anywhere else, not even for free. What does this mean for DM Dave? Fortunately, we've been making quiet preparations for this for the last month. Dungeons and Layers were carefully will carefully continue until 2025. You may have noticed that there are a whole lot of new dungeons and layers to which you may not have access. These will be published before the new year to ensure that they were under protection of the OGL 1.0a. So we have over 100 new adventures to polish and release with art, etc. until 2024 and a little and a little beyond. Of course, Wizards could still come after us if they wanted and say it doesn't count, but for now we plan to continue to publish 5e content as well as edit the existing documents. We cannot create new Kickstarters or any other content. However, we will no longer be able to create any content beyond that, not unless they backpedal significantly. We do not plan to support in any way beyond protecting our patreons and our and contractors this patreon is built on fifth edition content and we have a lot of contractors employed such as we continue to produce fifth edition content even so i'm very angry about this I, dave you have rightfully so and they go on they continue to like uh, but isn't but isn't this Wizards of the Coast IP. Some folks argue that this is Wizards thing, so they should be able to do what they want. And that may be true, but this is not the company we spent five years building. We choose D&D because, we, one, we love D&D, and I personally have been playing for 31 plus years, and two, the terms of the original OGL said very clearly that the license was easygoing. And considering for a green And they quote, I guess, quote part of the he quotes part of the license, saying, in considering for agreeing to use this license, the contributors grant you a permanent, worldwide, royalty-free, non-exclusive license with the exact terms of this license to use the open game content. And since Section Nine said that there was no way they could replace it, even if they wanted to, and there are blog posts that used to be on their site say the exact same thing, it made sense. But understand that the Golden... that the Open Gaming License was directly responsible for bringing back Dungeons & Dragons from the dead in the early 2000s. TSR basically bankrupted itself trying to keep up with content demands in the 90s. The OGL helped lighten the load and made 3.0 slash 3.5 one of the most successful editions ever. They even made fourth edition and tried eliminating the OGL with the GSL. Big mistake. Not only did the 4e system kind of suck but it had zero support from the third party community. Five years later they ended it and started fifth edition. Well here we are again but this time they quote unquote learned their lesson. Unfortunately it was the wrong lesson. This time they don't want to play they don't want anybody to play th- with their toys. This is a massive, mis- massive, massive mistake. Since many people like me and others with huge followings think literally anyone. Mercer, which is Critical Role, Colville, D&D Shorts, Griffin Saddlebag, Tom's Car- Tom Carlos, etc. are influencers for the brand. We drive people to purchase their products and reinforce the image. Now all that is going to go away. And he goes on to uh, talk about his plans and what they continue to do. Now, many people have stated that what they're trying to do is going to affect long-term, like what we see now with video gaming. This is a hard thing to to comprehend. The best thing we can do is fight back. Let the bigger creators fight it. Uh, he goes into, he does say, can we fight this in court? Uh, as I want to say this, this is my opinion. Though even he says that we can't fight this in court even though we are confident that we would win, it would be extremely expensive and take two years to get a verdict, and then we can expect another four plus years of appeals just to have wizard wizard sell, settle in the end, which is true. They'll keep it up um, during the times to cut during that time. The courts could file an injunction preventing me from publishing anything. Um, which is true. That's what many creators are afraid of. Wizards of the Coast and the Hasbro have deep pockets. Many companies um, in history have proven this. Whether it be um, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, um, other major platforms, Atari, Nintendo, it, they'll t- Budweiser. They all will tie you up in court for years and years and years, bankrupt you, buy your stuff, And run with it. These were... Some might say as well... Could these leaks... These leaks... Be... uh, A way of... Wizards of the Coast... Testing the water... Seeing... You know... Hey... Let's leak this shit early... And see if everything works out... Quite possibly... Um... But... I'm hoping... I'm hoping to hope... Because... uh, I'm still... Like... June last year 2022 I put in for I purchased a Kickstarter that's supposed to come out in the next hopefully two months but then again I've been waiting on uh, at least one Kickstarter for that's supposed to be a book of one shots even though I have the P- uh, PDF versions of it I'm waiting on the hardcover version uh, it's been over a year. It's been going on a close to a year. I should have had that shit by now. Um, this was supposed to be a three-volume set. of. It was supposed to be a reprint of the original module that came out for, I think, 3.0 or 3.5, or if not the original module that came out back when the it was still either uh, Dungeons & Dragons Advanced. Uh, which is in essence 2.0 it's supposed to have an updated 5e version plus it's supposed to have an additional content for that expands on the 5e version and so i'm waiting on that now with this bull crap, will i see it i don't know and not to mention when you have individual creators that help with 3d minis um like loot studios. I might I'm to prevent everything that I paid for. Granted it was it's fifteen dollars a month, I might have to do some downloading prior to uh, next time I ch- get a chance, stop by the library, download the current months that I'm missing to make sure that's right, make sure that I don't lose that crap because Wizard of the Coast wants to be a bunch of assholes, and take that shit away, and, or because Loot Studios doesn't, can't pay them the 25%, percent 20 percent royalties for making that money, Th- that's an issue, and I, if I plan to get a 3D printer, whether it be a filament or a uh, liquid type of 3D printer, it, it's, It's going to be an issue. I'd rather have that stuff on hand and start downloading that stuff before Wizards of the Coast comes along and says, you know what, folks? We want our balls. We want our toys so we can go home. You can't play with our toys anymore, even though we bought everything for everybody. It's going to suck. It's going to be a pain in the ass. And you know what? I'm glad I downloaded a bunch of... uh, 3d uh stls for a 3d printer i'm happy that i downloaded a whole mess of uh independent content and have these pdfs to have to have for my own collection if i choose to dm i'm happy to have the uh, as much as i didn't like what a lot of they did in regards to uh crown of the Oathbreaker, breaker and I'm, i'll be happy to uh, eventually play it when I have room to play it with a group of people. But I'm happy to have that book. And the books that I do have in and the content that I do have through Dungeon in the Box, I'm, ha- I'm happy to have. Because is it going to be worth money? I seriously doubt it. But I'm happy to have at least the one-shots. At least for now. Should uh, And I was thinking, heck, I'll save it for one of the video's on youtube that's it for now i rented long enough see you guys next episode maybe i'll have more motivation to upload some more episodes see you all next time all our, if you're listening through podbean or uh one of the major distributors all our links should be in the description of this aspect so go follow them follow them go follow us on youtube We're growing there slowly but surely and we're posting more episodes there or I should say we're posting more content there on a monthly basis than we are here. So at least try to follow us there and see what's new on a weekly if not monthly basis. Thank you. Uh, Once again, I'm the Reverend Godfather and I am out of here. You've been listening to the Long Coat Mafia Podcast. The internet's most hated and mafia themed podcast. Geek Podcast.